This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Need a place to talk sports? You've come to the right place. CBS Sports Radio. Live from Milwaukee, it's Bart Winkler. CBS Sports Radio, my name is Bart Winkler. David Shepard's here. We've got Marco Belletti on the updates. We'll try to diversify a little bit more here this hour with everything going on, I understand. Uh, It's been a lot of Nick Saban. It's a big story. But even if you're eating like chicken wings for three hours, eh, you maybe want to, uh, you know, have some French fries or something. I don't, I don't, I'm not, this, this food analogy thing I keep doing, it's not like anything I've done before. It's not a part of me. I don't know why I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just hungry. I think that's what it is. I'm trying to also intermittent fast because I think the schedule allows for it. Eat a nice dinner, do a radio show, go home, sleep, wake up, boom. That's 13, 14 hours. That's intermittent fasting. I'm calling it inadvertent fasting, but maybe I am just hungry, and uh, and that seeps through. The uh, Warriors perhaps not so hungry anymore. Clip that one for the Marconi Awards. The Warriors, stop me if you heard this before, they lost again, and they got dismantled. And this game was on national TV and not like NBA TV. The writer strikes have affected the broadcast TV schedule, so this Warriors-Pelicans game was on ABC tonight. And ABC had the opportunity to say, you know what, we're going to take that Timberwolves-Celtics game. We're going to take that. That's a big game, number one against number one in both conferences, respectfully, overtime even. Celtics win in a, in a great game, 127-120. ABC could have even said, why, why focus on good teams? Let's take the bad teams. Let's have the Spurs and Pistons play each other. The Spurs won. Webin Yama got his first triple-double. He did it in 21 minutes. And the Spurs beat the Pistons. So the Spurs improve to 6-30. and 30, And the Pistons fall to 3-35. and 35. Yet a national audience, if you so choose, they got treated to Pelicans Warriors. And the Warriors got dismantled yet again, 141 to 105. They lost Chris Paul to injury recently. They are getting Draymond back on the court at some point. They've been really tinkering with their starting lineups, just trying to find the right piece of this puzzle. Although tonight the backups playing as much as the starters with the blowout. And these are not, this was after the game, uh, speaking about a half hour ago. This is not an encouraging thing to hear if you're a Warriors fan from Steve Kerr. How disappointing is it now back-to-back games where you are hearing boos at home and maybe you felt again that some of those boos or many of them were deserved from the effort that your team showed out there? Yeah, we deserved it for sure. Um, you know, fell fell behind immediately. Um, 
and uh, I think I think we're just lacking confidence right now. You know, it's it's um, you, uh, you 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 just sort of um, you know you you get to a, a stage sometimes where um, you just kind of lose your uh, your belief, and uh, it happens. Um, and that's what's happened right now with our team the last few days. I think we've um, you know we've just lost um, the the spirit, the confidence that that has to carry you, you know, against um, talented teams night in and night out. I mean, it is like whether you like this Warriors team or you didn't, and if you're not a Warriors fan, then you probably didn't because we got the same finals four years in a row. I don't know that uh, anybody liked that, although we did watch. Those finals did do well. It was a great, like, four kind of piece series between them and the Cavs with LeBron and then adding KD and everything. But it is always weird to see a team that you once saw. And, yeah, some of the interchangeable pieces are different, but it's still Steph Curry. It's still Clay Thompson. I think that the real nail in the coffin, and we were here that night when Nikola Jokic hit the bank shot three at the buzzer. It's like, okay, the thing that we do to other teams, Nikola Jokic did it against us. Uh, maybe, maybe that's a sign if we're looking for one. Golden State right now 17-20. and 20. They are a game and a half out of the play-in tournament, which is probably realistically the way for them to get in. Um, from the eighth seed, there's still a few more games out, but you know the Suns should go on a run. The Lakers should do a little bit better. And, I, and all these teams, though, Suns, Lakers, Warriors, we're talking about a few teams that are really struggling, and we have to look at them from play-in tournament standpoints. The Timberwolves, number one team in the West. The Thunder. You got the Nuggets, the Clippers signing Kawhi to an extension, maybe Paul George to come, uh, the Kings, the Pelicans, who we saw tonight. So it's kind of a new era here in the NBA, specifically the Western Conference, and we are seeing um, kind of a changing of the guard, and we're seeing the champion, and this is the thing. It's like, sure, they've lost uh, Andre Iguodala. You don't have Sean Livingston anymore. You know, Bob Myers, GM left. But this is still Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green part-time. It's startling to watch this. It's startling uh, to watch it. Let's talk to Connor, who is in California. Hey, Connor. Hey, Mark. How are you? Good. What's up? Important question. You still think Shep can't beat Mike Tyson? I I mean, I I don't. I don't know why that – why wouldn't I? (laughs) Oh, that, that, you, you really got it. You really got no us on faith. a tangent last night, Connor. No faith, Shep. No faith. Yeah, he doesn't have any. I faith don't know. I was, this is nothing against Shep. This is all pro Mike Tyson. I'm not trying to discredit Shep's abilities at all. I just think Shep is underestimating that if Mike Tyson lands even one fifth of a punch on his face, he will be down. Oh well. Anyways, but. Uh... About the Warriors, you know, the last time they got beat by uh, 36 plus points was the uh, 06 07 Spurs. And oh, well, you see, that goes to show that they're really struggling this season. I mean, I think this this team is um, this team's done for the season, to be honest. I think, you know, uh, got to give them time to improve. You know, I just, I've just come to the acceptance that this team is aged and they don't. There's Kerr's very wary about playing a lot of the young guys, and you know, 
unless she absolutely has to. And so, you know, she's just come to a point of acceptance as a Warriors fan that this team is uh, not going to do it this season. So uh, just leaves room for everything, you know. But, yeah, that's about it. Well, it's like it's like a, it's like a slow death too. It's not it's not this isn't sudden. This is a couple seasons where they just haven't looked the same and now even though they haven't looked the same last couple seasons, this is different. This is yeah. this is I mean, I would I would almost say this is uh, bad. Sad to watch. You got an East Coast trip coming up, uh Chicago, Milwaukee, Memphis back to Utah. But yeah, hey, keep your head up, Connor. Hey, I will. You too. All right, Connor, in California, 855. And the reason that the whole Shep versus Mike Tyson thing has come back up is because I heard him talking with JR about it the other day. Actually, what I heard was he called JR. JR moved time slots. He said, I miss Shep with you. And then uh, JR's like, well, what about Hickey? And then Hickey's like, do I need to throw down? And all of a sudden, you've got you've got two really nice gentleman threatening to fly out to California to fight Connor. And then I talked to Connor about that. And I found out that Shep had a take where he thinks he could fight Mike Tyson. And that's become a fun plot line over the last two days, which the confidence that's what I maybe admire so far about Shep. The most is your unwavering confidence to the matter. Well, Bart, I, I appreciate that. I mean, the, the truth of the matter is we are a lot more capable as human beings than we even realize. And the first oh, thing, wow. the first thing that comes to any kind of success in any walk of life is you have to believe it. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Now, can anyone else call me crazy? Sure. Was this at one time the most badass, dangerous human being on the planet? Yeah. But you know what? Buster Douglas... Not exactly invincible. He had a good night. Why can't David Shepard have a good night when Mike Tyson's nearly 60 years old? That's all I'm saying. Like, Buster Douglas, this was not the second coming of Cassius Clay. This was not the second coming of Rocky Marciano or Sugar Ray Robinson or Sugar Ray Leonard or Sugar Ray anything. I'm saying— Sugar Ray the band? That's a good one. In all, in all seriousness, Mark McGrath, right? Like, like that's another. That's a that's a blast from the past. Hey, I have I've interviewed Mark McGrath. I'm sorry to hear that. No, uh, it was funny. He had a cruise coming up, and we really? talked. Yep. Oh man, mm-hmm. well, how'd you get stuck with that? Oh, I was a career highlight at the time. I apologize. I don't mean to be rude. I, I just I'm just thinking like, who would want to interview Mark McGrath? I'm trying to think who would not want to. Bart, if you mention to our audience right now. And you pulled our audience and people on the phone line right now who Mark McGrath is, they would have no idea. I bet a lot of people would say a cornerback for the Giants. <laughs> right. They're not going to talk about the vocalist and the musician. Yeah. Doesn't he play back? Isn't he a backup point in Charlotte? Mark is, he, Mc- is, he the, is he the coach of the uh, Washington State Cougars basketball team, maybe? I, I, I got to tell you, I, I, haven't paid, I haven't paid attention to Washington State in a long time. And to be honest with you, I can barely tell you outside of Bridges and Ball who's on the Hornets these days. Hey, I've talked to, in my old music job, I talked to Lisa Loeb. I talked to Weird Al. Okay, now, so those are those are more, those are more like, iconic names. Lisa Loeb and Weird Al. Yeah. But not, um, Mark, but not Mark McGrath. Mark McGrath was commercialized. 
And he wasn't even that good when he was commercialized. I can't think of the guy's name right now, but there was one guy. He's that memorable. I don't know how I can't think of it because every time I hear his name, I rush to tell people how much of a jerk he was to me on the phone. Oh, and I can't remember it now. He was like an 80s ballad singer. Really? I know that narrows it down. Who's the biggest Who's the biggest jerk you've ever met in this business? In entertainment? Um, I don't... You know what? You know who I did have a tough night with? And it made me um, kind of change my viewpoint on him for a long time. Let's hear it. Was Nikola Jokic. Really? Yeah. I mean, you you've had you've had a one on one with Clay, which was really good, by the way. Did that? Mm-hmm. Is he as nice as he comes off? Clay was amazing yeah. to talk to. Clay Thompson. Yeah, he seems like the most down to earth, chill guy. Yeah, feel free to uh, Google that or YouTube it and uh, hype up my numbers. I have. Um, no, oh, I, I Richard Richard Marks. Richard Marks. Richard Marks was a jerk to, to me on the phone. Is he related to Karl Marks? No, but he he acted like a real Karl Marx that night. He's a he's he's saying wherever you go, I'll be right here waiting for you. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. No, but you, the the problem I had with Jokic is I was in the visiting locker room, so I'm in the Nuggets locker room, and he was talking to a guy from Serbia for like really for like 45 minutes, and if you're in the locker room, it's you know. They don't want to be in there. You don't want to be in there. You got to get whatever. So he's talking and talking, and 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 Jokic is laughing, and he's like the most personable guy I've ever seen in my life, and uh, it's just like, oh, this is crazy. And then he comes over to the two, and I'm standing with the two Nuggets guys, and he comes over to them. He's like, all right, I got forty seconds for you. What do you want? And I was just like, what? I mean, he had the time because he spent. So long with this guy. Sure. And I, I mean, if he traveled across an ocean to come talk to him, that's one thing, but. Right. Um, but who see, else? But see, that, that kind of bothers me because Nikola Jokic is a cerebral guy, and he's got to understand that you guys are there to do your jobs. Like, you get. He also, st- that's the thing. Like, Nikola Jokic has no idea that in this locker room, eight years later, one of the guys that was in there is going to talk about him in this way. Correct. So you, like, you have to, like, be. All you have to be careful all the time. All the time. Oh, and and look for someone like him, he's not going to impact like his Hall of Fame voting. He's not going to impact like All NBA hundred whenever that anniversary teams come up because he's a lock for both, right? But it, it's it's the old adage of Kobe. Whenever he said every day, every game is a new opportunity for someone that has never watched him before. And when you are high profile like these individuals. You got to go in with that mindset in any venue that you walk into is that someone is covering you for the first time and that could be the lasting impression they have of you. So now moving forward in the 200 plus affiliates we have across North America, the host of this show, Bart Winkler, just told a story about Nikola Jokic that isn't that flattering that tens of thousands of people just heard all because you wanted to be a complete jerk that one night because you wanted to give your boy 45 minutes and people that do this for a living, you wanted to give 45 seconds of. That's bad, Jokic. I'm not even, like, I, I just felt bad for the Nuggets reporters that were there. Right, right. Because you wait for 45 minutes and you're on deadline. and Yeah. You know, the, these, okay, so there's there's also, like, people that have listened to me for a while, I think they're, like, 
and I, I'm they're they're all gonna come up organically, but there's been like stories that I have told right more often than I you know there's 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 just story okay Bart's telling this story again, and so I would like to tell you the Chase Utley story. <laughs> all right, the the former MVP. Yes, the former MVP. Yeah, and Chase Utley was involved. Was it a game against the Mets in the playoffs where he slid at that guy? He slid at a guy at second base. There was an injury. Um, and then they made a rule the next year about sliding into the base. It was against the Mets. He took down uh, Ruben Tejada. He broke up a double play. Utley was safe because he, like, flew into Ruben Tejada. So I believe this was, just looking this up, the 2015 playoffs. So the next year they made a Chase Utley rule. And I'm at a game. And this comes up, and Chase Utley's in the game. And so I asked Chase Utley, and he's not the villain of this story. I asked Chase Utley, like, okay, this got to be weird. There's a rule named after you or known after you, and you're in a game where it comes up. Like, what goes through your head? Are you thinking, like, this stinks, or I wanted to get past this. I know I'm bringing it up here, but I want, you know, I'm trying to get into his mind when the rule that he helped create, because you can't slide hard at guys anymore. It's because of him. And uh, two of his teammates, uh, at the time, he's on the Dodgers. So Adrian Gonzalez and Andy Van Slyke. Uh, no, his son, Scott, right? The kid is Scott. I was about to say, Andy played a long time Andy ago. Andy played. Yeah, Andy played. I have a ton of Andy Van Slyke cards. So his son was Scott, I believe. And so what they did was they were heckling me during the interview because they go, as soon as they heard the question, they were in earshot and they said, Hey kid, I'm like, I'm like a man, but you know, I think I was older than them too. Hey kid, get over it. Last year's news, bro. I remember one guy called me bro and chase was answering my questions and he's like, you know, he's whatever, but chase was not the bad guy. Then all of a sudden, Whizzing past my face was a paper airplane that I had looked and Adrian Gonzalez had made it and thrown a paper airplane at my face. Well, and I go to him, I go, because he called me bro. Yeah. So I said, real cool, bro. Now I'm barking at a major league baseball player. Right. And they're like, oh, tough guy. <laughs> and then I then I went out. Uh, and then, you know, did my job, called my mom, cried for 10 minutes. And then, and then, and then no, I didn't do that part, but so yeah, you, so that, that, that I didn't like, I didn't like that interaction. So you like the Larry Merchant of baseball reporters. Yeah. Not bad. Hey, you Getting stu- stuff thrown at me. You stood your ground. You know what? In all seriousness, that's, that's, that's Bush league, man. You're asking a question that's inbounds. Um, I thought it, so. And it's kind of, it's kind of BS. I, I'd be unhappy if I'm Chase at his teammate. For literally making a situation a lot worse, like he's answering the question. It ain't like, it ain't like Ryan Leaf, or like he's the beginning of his career and he doesn't know how to handle the media, and he blows up, and then his teammates get involved and kind of put the kibosh on it. Like Chase Utley at this point is a well-established MVP. He knows how to talk to the media. Well, again, he was not the villain here. Right. It's Adrian Gonzalez who is making twenty-three million some dollars. Yeah. Throwing a paper airplane. At a kid who's in this locker room for nine bucks an hour. Right. It's like, 
I didn't like that. You know, it's 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 funny, man. Like the, the most athletes, most athletes get it. You know, I, I've been in locker rooms myself, and it can be intimidating when you're a younger reporter and you have these six foot five, seven feet athletes. Um, they're yeah, because you feel they do not want you there. They don't. Oh no, no, no. Make no bones about that. They do not want you there. Um, but they understand that as part of their professional contractual obligation to speak to the media, and there is a designated fine that they have to pay if they do not do that. So they they put up with it, but they sometimes do it begrudgingly. Um, but for the most part, it's the coaches that are more miserable curmudgeons than the players. The players are actually pretty good about it. And there's and there's some players that are really, really accessible. Um, you just got to get them when they're young. Oh, um, yeah. I w- <laughs> yeah. Yes, I agree with you. Um, well, you know what I meant by that. Yeah, I just want <laughs> Okay. There, there, there's a lot of things in conversation you don't want to edit the wrong way. <laughs> well, when I sorry, what I mean by this, you want to get them before they become. See, like last week, I said I, I didn't want to say I like hanging around high schools. No, but I, but it's but because I, I like watching basketball. But I'm talking about professional athletes. So when I say I you know, want to get I them know. when they're young, you know what I I'm know. talking about. I, 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 I know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, can like, I can I slander one more person? Sure. No, it's not slander. It's tell a story. Yeah. Uh, former Reds manager Brian Price, I also think, sucks. Okay. All right. That, that, that's good to know. We had a scrum, uh, and I put down my recorder to get the sound because these managers talk before the game. Right. And there were seven guys in his office, so I put my recorder down. He goes, and I'm visiting media, so he goes, who are you? I go, oh, I'm just with the local station. We just we do this uh, eye on the enemy segment. and. He goes, what do you want to ask me? I go, well, I was just going to record because <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't follow the Reds so what much. Ask me. And he goes, well, if you're not going to ask a question, you can't record. <laughs> and the PR guy ushered me out. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I got, I got a, cu- a couple quick stories for you. So there's two guys. One turned out to be a pretty good guy, but, he, but he's rough around the edges when you first meet him. So my first time ever working with Brian Scalabrini, um, oh, I've had scale on, sure. Right. I like scale. Like, yeah. yeah, like like actually a good guy, but he's rough around the edges at first. Um, he does a segment with Frank Isola. I'm producing the show for the first time. This is like seven years ago. And I go, Scal, you guys are done, you know, uh, done with the segment, good stuff. He goes, I-, I don't mean to be rude, but you don't need to tell me when I do a good segment. I, I know what good radio is. Thank you. <laughs> I- I- true story. I kid you not. Second second story, more people are going to know this name. Uh, you know, when you're in this business, you, you ask other people that are more experienced than you for phone numbers. And, and, and sometimes they give it, sometimes they don't. But, but you ask enough, you're going to get enough numbers. So I got the number of Tom Watson, um, you know, mm. the, the eight-time, the eight-time, uh, you know, the, the eight-time major winner. So I call him. Now, as luck would have it, he's on the golf course, figures. And he goes, who is this? And I go, oh. Tom Watson, this is David Shepard. I'm a producer slash host from CBS Sports Radio. I'd love to get you on the program. He goes, how did you get this number? <laughs> and, you know, quick on my feet, I go, you know, I've been in this business long enough. I have every number. He goes, that's not what I asked you. How would you get this number? And I go, Tom, I don't reveal my sources, um, but that's no here nor there. I have your number. I don't want to keep bothering you. Let's make this quick on both our parts. 
would you like to come on the show? I'd love to promote what you're up to these days. And a lot of you have a lot of fans out there, as, as you know. And he goes, you don't need to tell me my biography. If you're not going to answer how you got this number, this conversation's over. And I go, Tom, if I, 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 I do know how I got his number. But I said, Tom, I don't remember, honestly. Um, and he goes, well, then I think I better honestly not do your interview. And he hangs up. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, don't, don't, meet your, don't meet your heroes, kid. I don't know. I mean, you, I don't know. I'd be mad too. But you got to assume one. If your number's out there to one person, it's out there to everyone. Well, here's but but, but, but so Bart. Here's the thing. Tom Watson has made tens of millions of dollars in his career. Like he's got to understand. Like, look, I'm not. I'm not like. I didn't call him during dinner. I didn't call him in the middle of the night. Like guys like that don't respond to texts. You and I both know that. So I'm going to call, and he he can like not to answer. I'll leave a voicemail, and I don't yeah, call he back. Yeah, why do you answer? Why do you right, answer? Right. If it's an unrecognized number, don't answer. Let it go to was voicemail. It, was, it, what, what does he think? He's on the golf course and publisher's clearinghouse got all of them? <laughs> right. I, I, I don't want right. people to have my number, but I always answer every mysterious call. Right. It's not a D.C. number, so it's not like he's getting the Presidential Medal of Freedom or anything like that. So it's like, Tom, I mean, you're already in the Hall of Fame. You, you you know it's an alias number. You know it's probably someone wanting something from you. But you are Tom Watson, and and that comes with the territory. It comes with all the money you made in your career. It comes with all the luxuries and all the ends you have being an eight-time slam champion. Like, that that comes with it. Like, Bart, I get I get hit up every day. I get hit up, me personally, I get hit up every day to go on podcasts, to give college kids advice, to give you know people starting off in the business advice. And you know what? I do it. And when people call me, I understand why they get a hold of me. They want to move forward in their careers. Just like when someone calls Tom Watson, they want to move forward with their careers. They're not asking for dirt on your sex life. You know, speaking of that, <laughs> you know, we're on a lot of stations right now. All right. I'd like to promote the show with some of these affiliates. Yeah, man. We got some good ones. Yeah. Somebody call me and have me on their show. <clears throat> I want to promote my show. We got to get out there, man. I agree. All right. uh, Let's take a break as opposed to whatever this was. And we'll be back. CBS Sports Radio. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio, I'm Bart Winkler. It's David Shepard. Busy night. We'll get an update from Marco momentarily. We want to hear from you. A lot of people calling in on the Nick Saban resignation. He's done. He's not coaching anymore. He left Alabama today. It just happened today. It's big news. I'm sure you heard about it. I know Mike's in Maryland. He heard about it. What's up, Mike? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard about it. Yeah. But, um... Technically, technically, in my perspective, um, if somebody's within the organization going to take over running of it, of the program. And like I said, I mean, he's a good coach, 1-7, one, one with LSU, but still he can't top. Um, he, he only topped by national championships, but he definitely cannot top um, Bear Bryant. When he came to the organization, Bear Bryant um, 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 position was already in place, two generations of children playing so 
came in with uh, basically the third generation of children from the organization. It's a very, very big organization, a very unique situation. And uh, would somebody else be able to come in to do the same at seven? In today's modern era, yeah. I mean, look how young he looks. He's 73 years old. Bear Bryant did it all street knowledge straight on to, he de- to his death of a heart attack back in the um, 80s. Um, I'm like 65, and and I witnessed him in the 60s and uh, 70s. Um, Bear Bryant is definitely a, a true head coach. Now, I'm not knocking the modern-day era in recruiting, training, development, but uh, today's head coach is only as good as his subordinates around him. And I think somebody else within his organization would pretty much take it in place. What do you think? Well, uh, good call. Thanks thanks for the call, Mike. Uh, 855-212-4227. So Kevin Steele is the defensive coordinator. He retired this week. He retired two days ago. And then the offensive coordinator is Tommy Reese, who you might remember from Notre Dame. But these guys are not – I mean, the, I mean, okay, so Steele's out. Reese could be the guy. There's nobody else on the staff that jumps out. And in the past there has been. And maybe, maybe it's a former guy. That's why some of these other names are coming up. Even Daniel Lanning was there for a year in 2015. You know, so maybe it's one of these former guys that never thought Alabama could be an actual place where they could coach. Um, Steve Sarkeesian got some, uh, he landed on his feet there a couple of times. And, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin, another name. That's been talked about quite a bit. So I, I just don't know that currently they have the the right guy there. Eric is in Texas. Hey, Eric. Hey, how's it going, Bart? Good. What's up? Hey, I was going to talk about uh, Nick Saban and about the moment we were tipped off. Um, it was actually spring football. A reporter asked, her, asked him who the quarterback was going to be, and uh, Saban said, well, well, that's not decided, and that won't be decided until really week one. It's an open competition. Then he went further, and he said, and in, the, in that regard, he said, uh, on both sides of the ball, uh, really, it's an open competition for everyone. He said, nobody, won't, we won't know about the starting lineup until week one. And at the time, I'm like, why would he say that when he was just asked about the quarterback? But I, I, I figured it out. He said that because all these other teams after spring ball are announcing their starting lineups, and then some of the players that didn't make the starting lineup, they transfer out. Well, brilliant as he was, Saban, he kept it an open competition until week one because of the stupid transfer portal. I think that's why he's gone. I think he's never going to take a college job again because he despises the transfer portal. What do you think, Bart? Yeah, and I think that there's a lot of people, Eric, good point. Um, I think there's a lot of people that look at the transfer portal so interesting because I do feel like, you should be able to, when you go to college and you commit to somewhere to the point of committing, there's going to be adversity, but you also need to do what's best for you. So it's like, what, what, what should, what route should we take? Cause a lot of these guys are transferring out. And the point is, if you're not starting, you leave. A lot of these guys aren't starting their leave. They're leaving Murphy, the backup quarterback at Texas wasn't starting. He left before the playoffs. Not that he would have got in, but. If you're not starting, you leave. And you should say, like, 
that's you should be able to do that. If you're going to be stuck behind someone, you have dreams. You want to go pro. You want to put yourself out there. You you want you want to you have bigger dreams for yourself than backing up Quinn Ewers. There's a lot of people who still say, "Well, that's adversity. You got to face adversity." I went to a school that was four hours away from where I grew up. And after the first year, I wanted out. I wanted out. I got I got upset about something. I wanted out. And thankfully, I didn't leave. Thankfully, I didn't take the easy way out. Thankfully, and it's not, it's not athletics. This isn't an athletic story in any way. But thankfully, I had committed to something. And I'm glad I saw it through. But also, like, what if I had a better opportunity somewhere? So, I think that a lot of that, and that's that's tough for a coach. That's tough for a coach because how do you tell a guy, hey, you need to stay with me. You committed to me. You committed to this program. But if you have a clear starting opportunity somewhere else and you can go pro and make a lot of money, it's just a really, it's it's already a tough, there's no, again, there's no black and white to it. There's a gray area. But if you're a coach to navigate that, with 85 kids all the time every year where the possibility and the opportunity to leave is greater than ever. I mean, you can't be a hard-nosed coach because you, you you trip off one kid and he's like, this ain't for me. I'm out. I don't need to be treated this way. I don't need to be talked to, even if the coach is going the hard love way or the old school football way. So that that's where we're at now. I don't like... Kids have the opportunity to go play wherever. If they're in a bad situation, they can get out. They don't have to sit out a year. Uh, if they're just not good enough to to beat somebody out, does that mean that they just need to cancel all their dreams? But the tough part is because that is a thing that I think that's unique to that individual. Maybe some people are off overcoming the challenge. Maybe some people are off better off leaving. But to navigate that for nearly 100 kids at all times every year, how do they do it? I really, I, like, I really don't know how there's enough hours in the day and how there's, enough, how there's enough, like, space in your brain and how you have enough stamina. I really don't. I, I, I just think that college coach, especially in football and basketball, the ones that we as fans gravitate to more, I just don't know how you do it. So, I mean, I know the money's nice in most cases, but man, it is just, I mean, you're never not on the clock. How do you take a day off? You think you, you think you'd take a two-day trip to the Poconos and then your tight end calls you and says, I want to leave because I'm sad my girlfriend broke up with me and I'm going to go play at Duke now. What? It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Here's Bart Winkler. Amy Lawrence coming up next. I'm Bart Winkler, David Shepard, Marco Belletti, uh, Phil. It was in Alabama, 855-212-4227. There it is. Hey, Phil. Hey, Bart. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, yeah, um, 
just like to make a, a couple of comments uh, on the Nick Saban uh, retirement and uh, the possible coaching search. But earlier today, um, uh, I was watching a local podcast down here called Locked on Bama, and there may be a little bit more to this Nick Saban retirement than uh, than I've heard. But they kind of let it slip out uh, that it may be a medical issue may be the reason Nick Saban retired regarding his wife, uh, Terry Saban. Um, when they were mentioning this on this uh, Locked on Bama podcast, they were quick to shut it off because they said, well, we need to, uh, we don't need to elaborate, elaborate on this uh, any longer at the moment. But anyway, there may be more to this than what we know uh, at this time. And I had heard y'all earlier, and the reason I called, of course, Nick Saban, uh, signed that 10-year extension and, and only a couple of years into it. And it did happen abruptly, uh, which has shocked everybody down here. Uh, but that's kind of the rumor uh, going around down here that uh, uh, this is a local podcast. They're, they're a daily podcast to the Alabama Network. So there may be more to this than, than what's being reported uh, the other thing is, <clears throat> talking about the coaches, of course, they, they're saying Dan Lanning, uh, you know, is the odds-on favorite. Um, I looked at the odds, you know, the top five coaches, Lane Kiffin and the other coaches. But a name that, that's gaining a little momentum down here also is uh, um, Deion Sanders. Um, I know that, that may sound a little crazy, but uh, Deion Sanders is, is a name that's uh, – really picking up steam <clears throat> and uh no there's nobody on the staff right now uh that they would hire to take the job but Deion sanders is uh he is the king of the of the portal and the game has changed him and Saban do have a uh, a close relationship and the thing i do like about him and a lot of us fans like about him what a hire that would be um uh, he can go in and he can recruit. And the thing is, if you don't get him and he does come to the SEC, you you put all that back and behind him. Uh, he he had hardly none in Colorado. They they were gangbusters out of the gate, run those four or five games until their depth uh, depleted, their injuries depleted, and then they just run out of steam. But you give him Alabama, you give him a team like that in the backing. And, uh, and having the number one transfer portal, as of now, they're number one in the country. Uh, he, he could bring his son with him. Uh, that's a name to look out for. But anyway, I just thought I'd, I'd give a call in and uh, say that about uh, – uh, at first they said a sickness in the family, and I thought, okay, it, it may be Nick himself. Maybe he has an issue. But then they let it slip out about Terry Saban. But anyway – just thought I would mention that and uh, appreciate you taking my call. Hey, Phil, thanks for the call. And with rumors and, you know, speculation, we'll find out what the story is. If there is any truth to that, uh, then I think what Nick Saban might have weighed is, do we, like, what, what's the best time? I, I feel like if there is any truth to that, him announcing this now would, I mean, do you wait it out? Do you find out, what, you know, and then announce it in March when you're, already getting to the spring or do you do something like it now? So we'll see what happens. Uh, the Dion thing. I, I, I just think we're, I, we're not there yet. Number one transfer portal. Yes. But he had like the number 120 
uh, high school recruiting um, class. So I, I don't know yet that he's totally convinced a program like Alabama that he can continue to do for them what Nick Saban has done. Billy Ray, we'll get to Billy Ray. We got about a minute for you, Billy Ray. What's up? No problem. I appreciate you taking my call. I got a couple of things. First of all, Shep, let me say something to you. You're going to prepare for Mike Tyson while all these commercials bragging about all this 26 pounds you losing. How are you going to fight a heavyweight fight? You're going to lose that sponsor losing all that weight. Can you, can you speak to that, please? I don't need to lose any weight. I never mentioned that. I thought that you was I thought that you was on a commercial saying that you was taking You're on commercials? You was losing weight. No. Okay, no, well that, my bad. Uh, all, then let me just all good, Billy Ray. Wait, are you, well, are you you're on weight loss commercials? No. No, Billy Ray, this is I definitely a was. different let, this is a different chef. Chef, let me mm. say something to you. I don't think you could take on Peter McNeely. Let let you take him on first. Mike Tyson gonna stare you down. I think you're gonna fall down. Billy Ray, you that, are that, you are a, you are a, you are an educated caller. You are someone that speaks very well. I only fight people that I've heard of. I appreciate you. Yes, now, let me ask you. Hey, Billy about. Ray, are you are you not, are you sure you're not thinking of Sherry Shepard? She lost forty pounds recently. <laughs> I listen to you, comedy. I love it. Now, let, let me ask mm, you something, mm. Bob. Let me ask you something, Jim Harbaugh. He don't want to face next season with Michigan's calendar, all the scandalization that's been going on. Let me ask you something. Forget about Dallas. That's too much him to going down there. All Tennessee, he got no relation. He already proved himself on the West Coast with San Francisco. He don't need to be going to Seattle. Why don't they just stick him in the Midwest in Chicago where he used to be a winning quarterback? Well, he yeah, that's what there. a lot of Bears fans want. Um, hey, Billy Ray, good to talk fan. to you. What's I got to let you go. Yeah, I got to let you go, buddy. I got you. Oh, no. I just dropped my water. Um, thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bears fans want him. That's why it was so shocking. They just came out and flat out said, no, nah, we're going we're gonna to stick with Eberflus today. We're just going to stick with uh, him today. So, yeah, I thought that was a great connecting of the dots, but the Bears seem to have other plans. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Going to be in a special kind of mood, Bucks Celtics. Oof, that's where we'll be to start. We got a big day of NBA tomorrow. At some point, we're going to talk NFL playoffs. I promise you. CBS Sports Radio. Amy Lawrence next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. 
Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.